The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about 10 miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 8 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. Today we conclude our look at God's response to Job and his miserable comforter friends. You may recall that yesterday we were winding down God's discourse by looking at two of the greatest creatures in his whole creation. The behemoth was the greatest of all the land animals that he created, and the leviathan apparently was the greatest of all the water creatures that he created. Yesterday we looked primarily at the behemoth, And today we'll take a look at the Leviathan. Both of these creatures display the awesome glory and majesty of God. Join us as we look at the conclusion of God's response to Job and his miserable comforter friends. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit.
chapter 41, he turns to another creature. He turns to the Leviathan. Notice in verse 1. Canst thou draw out Leviathan with a hook or his tongue with a cord which thou lettest down? Now the Leviathan is a sea monster of some sort. And it literally means a writhing or twisting. It comes from the word that means to writhe or to twist. And it's some kind of serpent-like creature. If you remember back in Job chapter 3 and verse 8, the Hebrew word Leviathan was translated mourning. Um, the Hebrew word Leviathan uh, was translated as a mourning. And you see, in that day, um, the Jews used that to talk about chaos and as to, to, to symbolize chaos. And, and it was uh, a symbol of turmoil. It was used in ancient myths in the area too, not just the Jews, but in the ancient myths. And Job would have known that, that it was, it was the idea of this roiling, writhing, serpent-like creature that was guarding the gates of hell and that sort of thing. So, so I'm not saying that's not what God's talking about here, but it's used in that form. It's, it's used to denote Babylon over in Isaiah chapter 27 and verse 1. It's used symbolically of, of, of Babylon, a bunch of chaotic mess, you see. So what is this? What is this serpent? What is this Leviathan? Well, you know, there's it's some kind of seagoing creature for sure. Is it a, what about is it possibly a dragon? <laughs> you know, are dragons real? Well, there's some descriptions in here that would make you think they might be. If if so, they're not not still alive, but we'll get to that in a moment. But notice what he says beginning in verse uh, one, canst thou draw out Leviathan with a hook or his tongue with a cord which thou lettest down? Canst thou put a hook into his nose or bore his jaw through with a thorn? Will he make many supplications unto thee? Remember, he's talking to Job. Will he speak soft words unto thee, Job? <laughs> Will he make a covenant with thee? Will, he Will thou take him for a servant forever? You're going to enslave him, Job. How about playing with him? Will thou play with him as with a bird? You want to go play with him, Job? Wilt thou bind him for thy maidens? You want to bind him up and put him in a cage and give him to one of your daughters or one of your wife or your wife? How about let's just kill him and eat him? Shall thy, shall the companions make a banquet of him? Shall they part him among the merchants? Job, if you can't do any of that, what about we just go fishing for him? Canst thou fill his skin with barbed irons or his head with fish spears? Now. I didn't really finish up what I wanted to say about what this Leviathan is, but it could, it could be a whale. It could possibly be a great whale. It, it might be a dinosaur as well, the extinct megalodon or the ichthyosaur, which are seagoing dinosaurs. It's probably more likely one of those, but now think about it. It wouldn't have to be. You get a great blue whale. The blue whale is the largest living mammal, largest living creature today. And, and any kind of whales out there would be terrifying to men in that day. And God says, whatever it is, you want to go catch it? You want to go catch it? Yeah, we like to fish, some of us. Let's just drop a hook for him. Can you fill his head with fish spears? You know, here possibly is a reference to the way they, you know, they, the Inuit people, for example, would go out in those canoes and they'd take spears and harpoons and they'd harpoon a whale. Whatever it is. You want to catch it? <laughs> Lay thine hand upon him. Remember the battle. Do no more. Get him out there and subdue him, Job. Behold, the hope of him is in vain. Shall not one be cast down even at the sight of him? None is so fierce that dare stir him up. 
Now, I like to go to the beach. I enjoy going on a cruise. I like to get out on the ocean and that sort of thing. But I do not want to get out on the ocean in a canoe or on a raft. One of the most some of the most terrifying pictures I see on the Internet that pop up from time to time on Google or Google Earth is you'll see some, some little human being standing on a raft. You know one of those, one of those they've got those things now where you can stand up and paddle, you know, those little paddle boards, paddle boards, and you just kind of go. And, and there'll be some drone up in the air taking pictures of it, and under that paddle board there'll be this huge shark. Just the and you're unaware of it, you know. That's 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 terrifying to me. The idea of getting out there on the ocean and hey, let's go scuba diving. I don't think I want to go scuba diving unless I can see for 15 miles under there. If I can see what's coming, that's fine. But the problem is, you get on. I've seen a I've seen a video on on YouTube where somebody was fishing off of a pier down at one of I don't think it was at Gulf Shores, but off of you know one of the uh, beaches. And dropped a GoPro camera down in there to just see. And there were tiger sharks swimming around on that pier. It makes me want to get off the pier, you know. My point is this. God's saying to Job, when you see one of these, you're terrified. You're terrified. There's nobody so fierce that dares to stir him up. Who then is able to stand before me? If you're scared of this Leviathan, that is the pinnacle of my seagoing creation, how in the world are you going to be able to stand before me? Because you can't do all, you know, the implication is that, that God can do all this. Can you draw out Leviathan with a hook? No, you can't. You can't, Job, but I can. You see, all these things, can you, if God wanted to, he could play with him as with a bird. The movie Jaws terrified our whole nation. You know, terrified me, I can tell you that. I, was, I wasn't even allowed to watch it till I grew up, and then it still terrified me. And, and God said, I'll just go out there and play with Jaws if I want to. You know, I can just play whatever the creatures are. I can play with it because I made this creature. Who hath prevented me, verse 11, that I should repay him? Whatsoever is under the whole heaven is mine. We would do well to remember that, wouldn't we? Whatsoever is under the whole heaven is mine. You're not going to go anywhere under the whole heaven, in fact, under the whole earth, a uh, whole universe, rather, and find anything that's not God's. One of the most fascinating things that I think about nowadays is those Voyager 1 and 2 spacecraft they were launched in the 1970s, early 1970s, when I was still a kid. They were launched, and they were to go explore the solar system. And, and all the scientists expected that they would probably run out of energy and, and battery power, and they'd die out before they got too far beyond Pluto and all that. Those things are still going. One of those, maybe both of them, but I know one of them, is the only man-made uh, item man-made creation, if you will, that has ever left the solar system. It's gone through that barrier out there, and it's out into deep space. That's amazing to me. But that's nothing to God. That's nothing to God. That Voyager spacecraft, if it goes on forever, which it won't, it will never come across anything that God doesn't already know about. Scientists are all ecstatic over the radio. It's, you know, it doesn't, it's, it was an old... 
it was under old technology, not the new tech. I'd love to see them do one today and see what you know what the new technology might could send back. Maybe pictures, but they can't send pictures. Just sends back readings and 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 that sort of thing. And and they've been fascinated with these solar winds. Well, they're not solar winds; these space winds because they're out from under the influence of the of the sun. These space winds and the gravity and all that. But God is not fascinated by that. <laughs> he made it. He made it. Whatsoever is under the whole heaven is mine. Now, in, beginning in verse 12 and going down through verse 34, the end of the chapter, really, or verse 32, he begins to describe this, this creature. And in verses 12 through 24, he gives a description of the creature's mighty natural characteristics. I don't know if these are poetical or if they're literal. I, I think they're literal. I'm not going to argue with somebody that might say this is a... You know, this is a poetical description, but I, I just don't think God's going to do that. I think he's going to, I think he's going to tell us exactly what it is, but I'm not going to fuss with somebody that, that thinks that it's a God, you know, engaging in Hebrew poetry here, because it is poetic. But be that as it may, here's the description. Verse 12, I will not conceal his parts, nor his power, nor his comely proportion. Who can discover the face of his garment? Or who can come to him? With his double bridle. You're going to be able to go catch him and put a bridle on him and ride him? Who can open the doors of his face? His teeth are terrible round about. I got a, I got a vision here of like sometimes, you know, our little cat or our puppy or something like that. We'll, we'll grab him by, you're not supposed to grab a dog by the ears, right? <laughs> but you take it by the ears and you look at it and you maybe you're trying to get him to take a pill or get him, you know. Can you do that to the Leviathan? Can you do that to this creature? No. His scales are his pride, and shut up together is with a close seal. One is so near to another that no air can come between them. They are joined one to another. They stick together that they cannot be sundered. The, the protections of his body, this is some kind of, uh, some kind of scaly fish. So I, that's one reason I don't really think it's a whale. It's some kind of, some kind of a dinosaur of some sort or a fish type creature. Look at verse 18. I, uh, we talked about dragons a while ago. For those of you that like, like to read J.R.R. Tolkien, The Hobbit, and The Lord of the Rings, okay, here we go. They may, he may not be that far off, and he probably got some of his writing from this. By his sneezings, that's sneezing when he sneezes, by his sneezings a light doth shine, and his eyes are like the eyelids of the morning. So when he sneezes, there's light. When he opens his eyes, there's light. Out of his mouth goeth burning lamps, and sparks of fire leap out. Out of his nostrils goeth smoke, as out of a seething pot or cauldron. His breath kindleth coals, and a flame goeth out of his mouth. Sounds like the descriptions of dragons that I read about. Some kind of sea-going creature that has the ability to produce some kind of fire or light itself. I had to do this, and i got to share it with you. So if this is literal, and I believe it probably is, this sounds a lot like the description that I read about in The Hobbit by J.R.R. Tolkien of the great dragon Smog. This is what he, Smog said of himself when he was faced with the little hobbit Bilbo Baggins. My armor is like tenfold shields. My teeth are swords. My claws spears. The shock of my tail is a thunderbolt. My wings a hurricane, and my breath death. Now that's, I always love that, that 
sentence anyway, so I'll share it with you. I, Tolkien was a Christian. He, he didn't start out that way, but he drew upon a lot of biblical language to write his epic books. But the bottom line is, this is a powerful and amazing, awesome creature. Verse 22, in his neck remaineth strength, and sorrow is turned into joy before him. He rejoices wherever he is because he's the greatest creature on the earth. I heard Brother Lonnie talking Sunday night about playing King of the Hill, right? You know, when you played King of the Hill as a kid, wasn't it the most glorious day when you, got, you were the one that won out and you were the last one standing on the hill? That was because you knew you were the biggest and the baddest of them all. You, could re, you rejoiced in that. That's what this creature does. He rejoices. He's the biggest and the baddest of them all. Verse 23, the flakes of his flesh are joined together. They are firm in themselves. They cannot be moved. His heart is as firm as a stone. Yea, his heart is a piece of the nether millstone. Basically, he's got so much power compared to any other creature. And yet, God is still greater than he is. All whatsoever is under the whole heaven is mine. Beginning in verse 25, he's going to describe his awesomeness some more. So we're just going to read this as we kind of get... Uh, down to bringing this to a close. When he raiseth up himself, the mighty are afraid. By reason of breakings they purify themselves. The sword of him that layeth at him cannot hold. Now notice here, he begins telling us in verses 26 through 29, he lays out eight different weapons that this Leviathan just laughs at. The sword cannot hold. The spear, the dart, and the hibergian, which is a breastplate or shield. Verse 27, he esteemeth iron as straw and brass as rotten wood. He just casts it aside like rotten wood. The arrow cannot make him flee. Sling stones are turned with him into stubble. Darts are counted as stubble. He laugheth at the shaking of a spear. He just dismisses it. Now, I have the vision here of the great Prince Charming going into the lair of the dragon there where Sleeping Beauty was and slaying that old witch that had turned into a dragon. Uh, Prince Charming goes up and it's the big dragon and if you watch the Disney version the, the, the dragon keeps blowing his smoke and his fire down upon his shield but he heroically ends up slaying the dragon. Here's what God says about that. If this was God's description of Prince Charming and the dragon, Prince Charming is dead just like that because <laughs> this dragon laughs. You don't shake your spear at him. He's going to destroy you. Whatever this creature is, it is so great that man cannot tame it. Verse 30, the description of his underbelly here. Sharp stones are under him. He spreadeth sharp pointed things upon the mire. He maketh the deep to boil like a pot. He maketh the sea a pot like a pot of ointment. Wherever he dwells in the sea, you can just about count on the fact that he's heating it up and he's, he's stirring it up. In verse 27, he leaves a wake in his path. He maketh a path to shine after him. One would think the deep to be hoary. That's a pretty good description, isn't it? You think about the wake of a ship that we see from a satellite. Or, it looks gray, doesn't it? It looks that hoary means gray. It looks gray. It looks like white, you know. Now look at verses 33 and 34. He kind of brings this to a close. Upon earth there is not his like, who is made without fear. It has no fear. He beholdeth all, thing, all high things. He is a king over all the children of pride. I find it interesting that as God closes out his speech to Job, he ends it on the word 
pride. Remember what we said in the beginning? The three primary themes of Job are patience, pride, and pity. Pride was a problem for Job and for his friends. There's one other theme that we need to add to those that we're going to see clearly here as we go forward. Repentance. Repentance. Now God is pitiful and he has great pity. Job had a lot of pride that he had to deal with and so did his friends. And ultimately, Job was patient. But Job needed something that he didn't have when, he start, when we started this episode in talking about Job. He needed repentance. He had gotten to the point in his life where he was self-reliant, self-righteous in some ways, not so much as the others. And God said he was the best of all on earth at that day. But even man, as I've heard Brother Ronald Lawrence say, the best of man is man at best. And that means he's a sinner in need of grace. So we're about to go into Job's final response. And we're going to see this final theme of repentance. But notice what God has done. He has said, Job, I have created this world and this universe. Let me tell you about all the great inanimate things I've created that you can see around you. I've created the, the, the living things and I've sustained them. I, I, have, I bring the proud down. I bring them down into the dust, the wicked. I, I, I execute righteous judgment upon them. And, and just to bring the whole point home, let me just share with you two of the greatest of my creation, the behemoth and the leviathan. Job, when you can tame them, when you can tell me where you were in creation, when you can explain to me how much greater you are than me, then you get to be God. But until then, I am God. And of course, the answer is nobody can come close to God. Nobody. I am God and beside me there is none other. You see, that's what God says. And because of that, you know what we ought to do? We ought to continually be in a state of repentance. Because anytime we lift ourselves up, even to any degree, we have overstepped our bounds and we have forgotten that He is God and we are not. And that's something we need to remember every single day. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.